So normally we do like a month apart, but sometimes February is closer to January than you think it is. And all of a sudden, bam, we got someone else coming. Amen. But that's all right. You can handle it. Did you need me? No, I just... There we go. All right. Y'all ready to give? Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy. Lead us and guide us in all of our affairs in Jesus' name. And we're looking at land. So you guys, let's give. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you forever. Well, it's amazing anybody came to church tonight after Mary Fran. You guys have been busy, hadn't you? I mean, I mean, we just left here, right? It's quite a week. As a matter of fact, I have a graduation uh, to do Saturday for FCU and um, dinner Friday night and Sunday morning. And man, I mean, I just, I don't think, I don't think you're supposed to be doing this when you get my age. Are you supposed to still be running wide open? Yes, you are. Keeps you alive. Amen. Where are you going? Fill it up on the way to the office while you're at it. Are y'all ready? Let me ask you a question before we get started. How many of you were able, were here last Wednesday night we did healing? Three people. Well, did you enjoy that? Here's, here's what I did. I, I decided to do some teaching. Turn me down a little bit. I decided to do some teaching and, and, and explain things. And, and the reason I did that is because I, I believe that we're going to need it. And, and there are so many born-again Christians who are fighting from defeat and not victory. And they don't understand that. It still is not common knowledge, even though the faith message has been being preached in America for since Brother Hagin's been going strong at it since the 50s. You know, you thought that people know Mark 11, 23, and 24 by now. Amen? So having said that, I felt like to do it. Now, if you, if you want to know about healing, go back last Wednesday night, go over it, and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to tag on that tonight by talking about, and my sermon's called A New Man, or The New Man, and I, and I still, I want to get into who you are in Christ some, and how does that affect our life today? And I want to talk a little bit about um, the, the, the difference between who you are in Christ and living right. And, you know, we talk about healing, and, and, and we talk about all that Jesus did for us, and it's what he did. He did it for us. And so I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And, and what I'm going to preach tonight, again, a lot of people don't understand this. And if you want to walk in victory, you don't want to walk with God, 
There are things you have to know. You have to know how to rightly divide the word. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And so often, and you'll see my little chart here. I'm, I've got a little chart here. And in my chart, I'm trying to explain spirit, soul, and body. How a human, a man, a person is a three-part being. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23 says, if you're, you're, you, know, you are a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. So you hear Mary Fran making a statement, the spirit man, the spirit man, the spirit man. Now, the thing about it is, is that when you start talking about healing or anything, this is what Jesus did for you. He made you a new creation. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, everything's new. And there's nothing else you need to add to it. You don't need to do anything else about your spirit. And I say your spirit, that's actually bad English because you are a spirit. See, that is you. Even though you are three parts, when you die, the body plops over, stays here. You can't take it with you. Thank you, Jesus. You get a new one, but your soul and your spirit go to heaven. So when you get to heaven, you don't have to worry about being perfect. You already are. You see, if you're good enough to go to heaven, you're good enough for all the blessings of Abraham because this is what God did. Now, what God did for you in Christ was something you couldn't do yourself. You couldn't do it. Now, where am I, why am I going down this road? Let's listen to this verbiage. Because most Christians do not identify with who they are in Christ. They identify with who they are after the flesh. And there is, therein is the problem. It's a problem. And God knows it's a problem. And we're going to talk about how to overcome that problem. But again, um, people are working, working, working to become. They're working to become. You don't have to work to become. You are. You are new. You are complete. And I want to go over those scriptures and show them to you in the Bible so you'll understand this. But when I'm talking to people, we will, it almost every time comes back to how I feel about it. <coughs> and, and I'm not criticizing, nor am I making fun, because we have been trained to pay attention to our body. We live in the earth more naturally than we do spiritually. Now, that's a huge statement. The body of Christ is more in tune with body than they are spirit. And that, that let, me, let me just stop right here, and, and I want to read a scripture to you. Uh, it's not on, it, she may have it on there, but, but let me just read it to you. Let me just, what I'm doing right now is, is actually very Huge, and I got that word from Donald Trump. It's huge. It's First Corinthians two ten. But 
well, verse 6, it says, We speak a wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the, rule, the wisdom of this age, nor the ruler's age, or the coming to nothing, talking about the devil. And we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which is ordained before the ages. None of the rulers knew it. Verse 9, I has not seen nor ear heard uh, nor entered the heart the things that God prepared for those that love them. But, 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 not, not that you don't know, it's about there. God has revealed them to you by his spirit. You can know it. You can know it. All right. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. What man knows things of this man except the spirit of the man in him, except the spirit of God. Now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God that we might know the things given to us by God, yet we speak not in words of man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, nor can he know them, they're spiritually discerned. Now, when he says the natural man, he's talking about a non-born again man, but I need you to understand something else, that a carnal Christian lives out of their body and their soul hooked together as one, and they're not very spiritual. As a matter of fact, the things of the Spirit are not normal to them. It's uncommon. So when you say, well, we're healed, they go, well, I don't, I don't know where you're getting at because I'm not. So there, you know, and then when you start talking about praying in the Holy Ghost, or a move of the Holy Ghost. And Mary Friend paid us a high compliment, and I'm going to pay it to you. She said, you're one of the few churches, maybe the only one, one of the few churches that I go in and I don't have to worry about what I say. Your people know what I'm talking about. That's, that's a high compliment because most places she can't go where she went. She has to stay surface because the Christians are surface and the pastors will look at her and go, don't go there. Now, I'm just bold. I go there. I don't, I just go there. I want, I just think that the truth sets you free. And you understand there's people that come in and they just like, I don't understand a thing he said. And I get it. But I'm not going to rob you because they don't get it. And y'all, and y'all all have relatives that go to blah, blah, church. And let me, let, me, let me talk about this for a minute because when they die, they're going to heaven because they're new. But while they're here, they're dumb as rocks. And they are. They don't, they don't, have, a, they don't have a clue about the things of the Holy Ghost or the things of the Spirit or who you are in Christ. They're clueless. There's a movie called Clueless in Seattle, and I renamed it Clueless in a Pop. Clueless. So, so it, it says right here, the natural man. So come Sunday morning, I, I want to spend more time on praying in the Holy Ghost because without the Holy Ghost showing you this, you won't know it. That's powerful. And so there's a lot of things. Mary Fran's talking about praying in the spirit and come up here with me. And, and she's trying to get you to understand there's a spirit world that's more real than the natural one. 
and you need to know it. The, when you die should not be the first time you go to heaven. We need to learn how to operate in two realms where you were walking around and you know things and you have words of knowledge and, you, and, and Jesus did. <coughs> and we think, well, that's Jesus. Well, that's, does that make sense where I'm going with all of this? Okay, all right. So having said that, go back to Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, don't no longer walk like the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. See, a, a carnal Christian is still living like a sinner. They do. And they might be born again, and that, that, that people go, they, he ain't saved. Well, he might be. And he might say, well, I'm born again. I know Jesus. I'm, and, and you think, oh, okay, you know, I mean, and I know people who speak in tongues and, and they're born again and they go to church sometimes and they don't know nothing. And that's the problem with the church. That's the problem. All right, no, no. Let's finish reading this. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God because the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart, not their head, not their head. Now, now I don't, I'm not going to go there by making you go there, but I'm going to quote a scripture to you. In Luke 8, we have the story of the parable of the sower. We got the guy that heard the word and never got saved, and the other guy heard the word and was tempted and he fell away, and the other guy with cares, riches, and pleasures. Then it says, and the final person, because of a good heart. It didn't say because they had a good life. When your heart's right, you're going to pass the test. I'm saying that because in a moment, we're going to talk about a word called holiness, where people have not understood how does holiness play in to Christianity since it doesn't, since Jesus finished the work and you're going to heaven? And it's, and it's almost like the word holiness means take your makeup off, dress ugly, don't have any fun. And so in America today, because, just listen to what I'm going to say right now. Just, just listen, 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 and listen. There was a time in America where a preacher could preach on um, a marriage and child raising and anything he wanted to do, and the congregation went with him. I, was, I mean, e even sinners were basically moral. That has flipped. It's popular now to not be moral. And because the world is crazy, that's bled into the church, and now we have people trying to walk with God, and they're not putting their flesh under or renewing their mind. And I have a line down here because the average Christian in his soul and body is here. 
not up here where he needs to be, and this is why you're not seeing a move of God. Well, I'm believing for a move of God, Pastor, like it's going to fall. It's going to fall on you when you get right with God, and you get this guy and this guy, and you come up, and you start obeying God. Y'all look at me like. So on Sunday morning, I have to watch how much I preach on live right because every time I do, I thin the crowd because it's not, it's no longer popular. And that's why I made the statement when Mary Friend made a statement about pastoring. I'm not everybody's pastor. I'm some people's preacher. And they, and I can say something they're like, I ain't doing that. And and it's and and even church members are no longer holding one another accountable for the word. Well, I know my kids are, you know, sleeping around, but I'm I'm just believing God. Well, 20 years ago, you'd have slapped him upside his head and drug him out of the house and beat the mud out of him. And then brought him down to the church and, and, and you know, are y'all out there? Did you go home? I mean, society would not have tolerated the things we tolerate and even Christians are tolerating it so that if I'm preaching on something and they don't like it and they get their feelings hurt, now I'm the bad guy because, you know, uh, you just don't know how bad he offended me. And, 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 I, and they're going by the way they feel. Well, I, well, he, well, he didn't make me feel good. I didn't leave church feeling good at all Sunday. And, that, and so I have to really balance what I say and how I say it. And I'm sorry, but the, all, but, but the people in the world, I mean, I mean, it's like if you have an opinion, you know you offended me. You don't want to know what I think about that. Well, suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. Because if you have a difference, I mean, you can't even, I mean, I've had people in this church, I just looked at them, had a different opinion, and they left. You big fat baby, what's wrong with you? You know, to go someplace where everybody agrees and you can all have your little huddle and we can all be offended together and have, a, uh, have an offense. Oh, we're all offended. And it goes on in church. It goes on in churches. We have a big huddle like that right here in this church. All the people that are upset about something and they all get together and hug each other. Oh, oh, oh you too, me too. Uh. It's sad. It's sad. I'm, being tell- I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> God knows the pastor ain't supposed to say nothing. Anyway, verse 19, who being past feelings have given themselves to lewdness. This is talking about people in the world, naturally, uncleanness and greediness. You have not so learned Christ if indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus. Put off concerning your former conduct. Put it off. Put it off. All right, look, now that's powerful, guys. He's gone from teaching grace and who you are in Christ 
And, and let, let me back up a minute and read some of them to you so you'll know Ephesians. Um, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We are having predestined us. Uh, in him we have redemption through his blood. God in his rich mercy and his great love which he loved us were dead in sins, made us alive for by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. All of that's grace. It's what God did in Jesus. That's, all of that's there. And, and you have to be rooted in it to go here. Because you're going to try to get here by flesh or by the, by, you're going, to, you're going to try to please God. You can't. You please God because of Jesus. Then once you know who you are in Christ, what happened in your spirit, put that on. Yeah. Amen. All right, I'm going to, I'm, I got to go back. I got to read it. Let me read it. Put off your former conduct. That means there's things in your life, get them out. Attitudes, get it out. Uh, always, always late, stop it. Uh, uh, touchy, stop it. Now, how do you stop it? You stop it by recognizing the love of God is shed abroad in my heart and I am love and I am patient and I am kind. Now put that on. I'm not trying to be loving. I am loving. And I have to see who I am in Christ so that what God did here, I can take here. Do you see that? So you have to major on who you are in Christ to go there, but you can't major and not, and well, I know who I am in Jesus and he loves me. Yeah, but you're still as ugly as you were when I first met you 20 years ago. Now, let me make another statement to you. It is wrong for you to think we don't expect you to grow. Does that make sense to you? You, you? you put a kid in school, third grade, that's good, no condemnation until the end of the year when they go back. And then at the end of the year, they go back. Now, spiritual growth is not automatic with age. And we got people in this church right here that are 80 and they're in third grade. Maybe first. And I, I, I shouldn't say that, I mean, because you think I'm actually thinking of somebody. I mean, I'm just, I don't have any person in my mind, but I could probably think of a couple right now if you ask me. Uh, and yet somehow or another, we're not supposed to expect it. In other words, we're gonna have grace, but I wrote grace here because there is no more grace in your life above what you've allowed yourself to grow. Did that make sense to you? That's, you're praying for more grace and in order to get more grace, you're gonna have to do something with your soul. And then you're going to have to do something with your flesh. Uh, 
And when you do, the grace is coming up. Just like um, when you're in third grade, there's a different world than when you're in 12. You, you want, you want to, I want to be able to go out like my brother and have a car. Well, you're eight. Now, you don't have a house payment and you don't pay for food. There's blessings, but you also don't get the benefits, which is what Mary Fran's talking about. You're wanting all of the stuff of the Holy Ghost and you're somewhere down here in first grade. And don't want to grow up. I'll prove it to you. How many people were here last night? Building this pool. Look around the building right now. Well, no, there's somebody. You're here. But do you understand? This is a mindset, and we're praying for a revival in America, and I'm telling you, the revival happens when you decide you're going to start growing up. And maybe God's putting pressure on you to go, would you like to look and see what America would be like without me? I'm really tired of of y'all's, because Americans are the biggest babies on the planet spiritually. You You can go to Russia and preach. The building will pack out and everybody will get healed and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You come to America, if you can just get them to come to church, and then we're wanting to move a God. Well, hello, we don't even appreciate what we've got. Don't shout me down. So we could talk about love and talk about touchy and touchy and just touchy and just, some people just need to get over touchy. You know, you hurt sister Susan Duplopit's feelings. Uh, not on purpose. Did I tell her to straighten up? Yes, you did. Well, I guess you found out how mature she is. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? What am I supposed to do? Go, go on all world and teach them to do what I said. What do you want me to use? A Reader's Digest? (laughs) Yeah. See, I'm not your problem. Did you know that? What happened in the garden with Adam and Eve? I mean, the minute Adam sinned, the the woman you gave me, there's there's a blame game going on here. It ain't saying nothing about I did it. And then he looks at Eve and says, okay. And she goes, oh, the devil made me do it. And he says, and the Lord said one day, Flip Wilson is going to make a lot of money with that line. <laughs> and neither one of them took responsibility. Understand something. Pe- babies do not take responsibility for their actions. And it takes mature Christians in a church to look at them and go, your problem's not your wife. Your problem is not your husband. Your problem is not Pastor Daryl. Right. Even if I was mean, I'm not your problem. Right. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Because I'm basically nice. <laughs> basically. 
So I'm telling you the truth. As long as you can find someone else that's your problem, then you don't have to take responsibility for it. And you can't ever have victory until that person straightens up. And so you're a checkmate. You want it to be you bad because now you have hope. If it's me, I can fix that. You better hope it's you. Even if it isn't, you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory just because of your walk with God. All right. Now look at this, verse 22. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Your mind. This guy right here is what's hindering this guy from helping this guy. Your soul. And Mary Fran said that. Because people's soul. And, and the devil works on it. What a sorry dog you are. You're no good. I've had people say, well, people have said that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally retarded. I said, well, God said you had the mind of Christ. Amen. Yeah, but I'm depressed. Well, what are you thinking about? The fact they told me I was mentally retarded. <laughs> well, you're not. How do you know? Well, the Bible says that you're a new creation, you have the mind to cry. Yeah, but I want to tell you, I feel mentally retarded. I said, well, I do too. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? If I went by the way I feel, I'd be, I'd be, I would have shot myself years ago. I mean, I have angels that sing holy, holy, holy. They're just over Lisa's side of the bed. They don't ever come over on mine at all. I wake up in the morning, there's a demon on mine that says, you another day, you're going to have a bad day. And I have to wake up taking authority over devils. <laughs> I'm not, that's not true. I'm just teasing. Look at verse 24. Put on who? The new man. That was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Put him on. Amen. Now, I'm not going to go down this list, but from 25 on, there's a lot of talking about how to live. Should we read it? Yes. You should. You should. Because it lays out the way you should be living. That's as a Christian should live. You're born again, but why would you want to do this? Why would you want to don't give place to the devil, don't steal anymore, don't let corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, get rid of all the bitterness and the anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you. Be kind to another, forgive each other even though they've offended you. They offended me, you know, they offended me. Oh, get over it. Why would you want to do that? Because he gives more grace. So you're hindering the grace of God by the way you live, by the way you think. I mean, you're full of God and your head is like a stopped up, stopped up sink full of hair. Nothing can get through. Clean the drain out. Get some water going through this thing. Yeah. 
I'm doing a pretty good job right now. So where do you go? You go back to who you are and you major on who you are. All right. I'm doing pretty good. I want to read something out of the Marriage on the Rocks. Marriage on the, the Rock. He makes a statement in this book about marriage and helping men and women with their marriage. And it, it's a powerful statement, and, and I want to read it to you. Lisa made a statement to me the other day about how that how, the impact of, the, of his statement on her soul. Lisa makes a great Lisa, and she's a lousy Jesus. And I make a great Daryl, but I'm a lousy Jesus. So where the problems are coming from is you're looking to people to do what they can't do. And they were not put in your life to be Jesus. And, you, and, and let's come back to this church. Don't come in here and think, I'm going to straighten your husband out. I'm not. My husband's going to come in this church three years, and he's still a drug addict. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not my problem. It's yours. You go to God. I'm not Jesus. Are you all out there? All right. Now, here, here's the problem. You get married, and you start trying to turn your spouse into someone else. They don't, they don't like it. They like who they are. And then as God changes them, what, why don't you just be happy with the, with the good they got instead of the, the bad? So listen to the things he said everybody needs, the basic things everybody needs in life. Number one is acceptance. <coughs> I like being accepted. So much so, I think I'm going to start compromising the Bible so you'll like me. Oh, well, that's a bad idea. Okay. Maybe I should change the things I'm preaching on so you'll like me. Maybe I shouldn't worry about what you think and only the fact that I've been accepted by the Lord Jesus Christ and he likes me. That's enough. A matter of fact, if I'm not getting my acceptance from him, I'm going to try to get it from you, and you're not going to like the way I act trying to get you to like me. I don't like the way you act trying to get everybody to like you because it causes you to be a coward, causes you to compromise the Bible, Causes you to not pray as much as, see, you're, there, you, we do a lot of stuff so people are like us. Well, you, that, you can get over that. You're always going to have somebody that don't. Pick the crowd that don't like you. I had a lady walk in here one day and she was a wealthy woman. Her tithe was more than everybody combined. One in here was in the old building. And she said, if you'll calm down, I'll bring my friends. And I went, No. Um, first of all, I'm calm now, and I'm fixing to crank it up. And what she was talking about is back those those days, we had some pretty strong moves of God and the Holy Ghost. And Betty will tell you, we had times we didn't get out till one o'clock in the morning. I mean, people drunk in the spirit. And and and, and if you don't, I, I, I got to pick my crowd. 
you're, you're not it. I don't want you in my church. If, I, want, I want Christians who are growing. So if you don't want to grow, I'm not your pastor and you, need, you do need to leave. Because I'm going to preach growth. I'm going to expect you to grow. And I'm going to preach things that cause you to grow. Thank you. And you're going to love some of it. You're going to go on some of it. But at the end, you're going to grow. And and that happens in school. It happens in football. Now, we're not going to talk about the dogs yet. We'll wait till Sunday. But I am going to say, I told you. I told you, they're coming back and they will clean the field. No, they won't. Mark my words. That's all I'm going to say. Number two, that what number, number two need every human being's is identity. Do you know who you are? So you have kids that are running around with their hair green and blue and earrings and all kinds of places and they are, all their friends look alike because they, they have an identity crisis and they need an identity so they create it in the natural. That's what happens with the hell's angels or, or, any, or, any, or anybody else that you see one, they all look alike, dress alike, walk alike, they're all, that's their identity. Or I'm Puerto Rican or I'm African American or I'm German Irish. And I'm none of the above, I'm Christian. So I got my identity from Jesus and therefore, since I have an identity, I'm not having an identity crisis. And that's why I don't have a tattoo because I don't need to show you I'm cool. If you have one, now we, you know. Uh, that, and I'm not picking on you. That's coming out of an identity crisis. I don't like the way I look. Well, God made you. You're his workmanship. I, I, well, I'm me. Period. I'm, I'm not Joel. I'm not Jesse. I'm me. And I'm good with that. And God likes it. And I tried to be someone else, and that didn't work real good. I actually did. I actually tried to be debonair. Is that right? Is that the right word, Lisa? That was, I tried to be, what was the word I'm looking for? I, I tried to be diplomatic. I, I, I worked on it months. I, I, wor- I, I worked on it. And about two minutes in the pulpit, it was just, and I went, oh, forget it. Just forget it. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to think God did not make a mistake. And anyway, you know, you know what makes something valuable? There's not many of them. I'm more valuable than you are. There's not a whole lot of me's. Everybody else is kind of vanilla, but I'm Rocky Road. And I get it. I'm just like, okay, I'm just teasing y'all are not vanilla. The third thing people suffer with is security. 
Are you secure? Romans 8 says, if God is for you, who could be against you? So you, we all have scriptures to where all of these things, and the last one is purpose, all of these things have been given to us by Jesus. So I don't have to get them from Lisa. I don't have to get them from you. Now I can love her for her being her because I'm not putting pressure on her to meet my need. Does that make sense? All right. Everything that you want to be, that people, you already are there, major on who you are, and let the guy on the inside escape. The more of the guy on the inside we see, the more we're going to like you. And me. I get it. I hadn't arrived yet. Hallelujah. Who has? Ain't nobody arrived. Not even Donald Trump. It says, put on the new man. Now go, go to Philemon 1, chapter 1. <laughs> Aren't we funny? Our, our, our nation, some people are just, they're crazy. They're just like crazy. You know, I have changed a lot. Thank you, Jesus. I have. I know some people wished it was, had been quicker, but I wish yours had been quicker too. I wish you had been quicker. Got a little quicker with you. <laughs> I would rather be a hooker than a Pharisee. So as a Christian, you don't want to be a Pharisee. You're worse than a hooker, according to Jesus. All right, Philemon 1, are you all ready? Uh, six, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledging every good thing in you in Christ. So how do you change? It's by the acknowledging of who you already are. See, last week we went over, you already healed. And, and people look at me like, but I'm not. I'm not talking about your flesh. I'm talking about you. Yes. Let, let's, go to, let's do another one here. Let's go, to, let's go to Isaiah. Every once in a while I pretend like I'm Rodney. Isaiah. 53, Isaiah, no, 54. Y'all, I have to have fun. I do this for a living, I have to have fun. Verse 14, in righteousness you shall be what? Established. Where it is righteousness? Well, that's, that's who you are here. Are you listening to me? You, you are righteous. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Him and no sin became sin that you might be made the righteousness of God. Romans 5, 17. Um, do you understand? So the more a person is living out of their spirit and getting their soul 
in agreement with their spirit and these two become one, the greater effect on this guy right here is, and, and the, the better your life will be. The more your body rules and affects your soul, the worse your life will be. And I can't do anything about that. The only one to do anything about that is you. So you want to do something with your soul. You want to walk in love. You want to walk in the spirit. And you want to put on the new man. Now that's a heavy statement. Does that, and I just, what I just said was holiness. But it's not holiness under righteousness. It's righteousness unto holiness. It's righteousness unto a better life. It's not a better life. I just need a better life. I just need another job. God, if I just had another wife, oh, heck. One I got, oh, God, help me, Jesus. She's not why you are having a bad day. That's good preaching. If you'd lay, just leave her alone and let her grow, and you grow. Do you understand? You grow. Boy, I'm doing better. I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing so good. When I found this out, guys, is when my, this is when my life started changing. And, and I went through periods where I'm like, I can't say I'm complete. God, I'm a mess. I can't say I'm righteous. Golly, I am not a righteous man. I would never say that. When I first heard Kenneth Copeland preaching on righteousness on the radio back in WAJL, do y'all remember WAJL, the radio station? And Betty remembers it. And Kenneth Copeland come on the radio right after Kenneth Hagin, and, and every day in my truck he'd preach on righteousness. Half a year later, I didn't believe a word he said. I didn't. I, I couldn't grasp it. I mean, I am a, I'm, I am, I'm everything, but I'm righteous. I'm not. What am I looking at? I'm still having bad thoughts. I still have anger issues. I. I have all this mess going on here. And for me to say, I'm complete, I'm perfect, not out of my mouth. And the day came when I found a scripture that says that, I, that, that sin has no dominion over me. And I looked at it and I went, sin has no dominion over me. Yep. Was the day I conquered sin. And I saw myself differently. I'm not a sinner. I don't have to sin. I'm not sick. I'm not a loser. I'm not stupid. I have the wisdom. I have the mind of Christ. So I begin to focus on who I am in Christ, and I got my mind renewed to that, 
What do you think happened to my, the way I lived? It changed. If some people would just get happy. I mean, that would be an improvement over some of you just wake up and go, Jesus loves me. That would change you. Boy, I'm, 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 I'm doing good. Don, I, I'm glad you came tonight. This, I've been praying for you, buddy. Romans 12. No, see, Don, l- let me make a statement to you about yourself. It's important that you believe in what God did in you. And sometimes if some people can't see it in themselves, it's good when others walk up and go, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're a good man. You're amazing. What am I talking about? Who you are. I'm not talking about your flesh. I already know that ain't right. But none of us. Do you understand that? So I'm going to give you 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Put it on the screen. I want to see this while I'm looking. I want you to see this scripture. Is this good? Do you all see this? Okay. Therefore, from now on, I regard no one according to their flesh. Even though we used to know Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. See, this right here is a new creature. He's a new creation. He's a new species. And Jesus, is he's complete. Now, he don't know it (laughs) totally yet. He's working on this, but this is good. And that's how I choose to see him and her and you. And me. So if you tell me how bad I am, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, you are a mess. Uh, I'm not either. And I don't take it. And if you want to find fault, I mean, just, I'm, I'm sure they're there. Let's just swap notes. We'll, be, we'll pull our guns out and just shoot each other for a while. How much good do you think that does? N- no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Now, where did I go? Romans 12.1. Pop it up on the screen. Am I doing all right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, talking to you and I, by the mercies of God, do something with your body. <laughs> do something with that flesh. Now, what does he mean by that? It's the same thing put on the new man. Put off anger. It it might be a revelation to you, but you don't have to holler. Some of y'all are like, we don't? Would you please tell my husband? I remember the day Lisa and I looked at one another and said, I looked at Lisa and I said, do you like being broke? She says, I do not. I said, do you like being sick? She said, I do not. I said, why don't we just stop fighting? And she said, okay. I said, from this day forward, when you talk to me, I will listen, even if I don't agree. And when I talk, you listen. How about that? She goes, okay. 
and we've only broken it maybe a couple of times. I had to calm her down and tell her. But she'll tell you the truth. For the most part, we found out we don't have to raise our voice. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. You're going to practice. You're going to renew your mind and put your flesh under. Love is patient. That's tough. It's kind. Hardly notices. Keeps no record. Some of y'all need to tear the book up. Come on, you want to walk in the spirit? You're going to tear the, just tear the book up. For whose benefit? Yours. So what are you doing? You're getting this guy to think love. In the love of God shed abroad in your heart. You already are love. So now you're thinking love. What do you think's happening here? You're acting love. Is this easy? No. <laughs> No, it's not. But as a man thinks, thank you. Well, y'all are doing good. So is he. So a lot of it has to do not with circumstances. Well, you just don't know my wife. I don't need to know her. I don't want to know her. You just don't know about my job. I, I, I don't. But I can tell you right now from the upside down smile on your face that you're thinking about how bad it is and that is your number one problem. Am I, y'all getting me, you getting me tonight. Even if you sit back and said, thank God I'm going to heaven when I die. Get a smile on your face. Thank you, Jesus. I'm accepted in the beloved. I have a purpose on this earth. Go down and who you are in Christ and start thinking on those issues. Open your Bible and meditate and, you, and it's not going to happen in a week. You're not going to get it in a week. But, but I'm going to tell you, you'll get it and it'll affect the way you walk, talk, and act. And, and, and this will help you. Working on you is a full-time job. Your spouse will love me. Does that make sense to you? Because now you can leave your spouse alone and work on the only thing you can change. You can have joy. It has nothing to do. I'm doing good. <coughs> Person said to me the other day, says, I tell you, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm sick. I can tell you by talking to this person, their worry was killing them. Anxiety will harm you physically. Now, can I ask a question and don't answer it out loud? Have you ever had trouble with your mind? All of us have. Thoughts about yourself. And people and things. And I mean, it's, it is that Joyce Myers be, became a number one national speaker with one book, The 
battlefield of the mind. So think about this for a minute. If that's the battlefield and Satan wants it and God wants it, what happens when you start turning it over to God? Let's come back to my chart. What happens when you turn God loose in the battlefield right here and let this guy help this guy? This guy is happy. Thus is why we go to church. It's not enough to go. I went to church today. Let me ask you a question. Did you even think about what was preached when you got home? Well, I've been pretty busy. Well, that might even be your biggest issue. Wasting your time doing nothing to fix the biggest problem you've got is you, and you're doing nothing good about it. Thank you. That's true. So how important is prayer and reading your Bible in church? It's the, the issue. <laughs> so people ask me, how's 2022? I go, I don't know. Everybody's, we, people want a word from the Lord. Here. <laughs> I know that sounds so crazy. I got a bunch of more scriptures here. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. I got a couple of minutes. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm trying to close. Is this, does this help you? It, it should. These are things that it took me years to learn this. And even when I learned it, I wasn't eager to jump on it. Oh, I thought I don't dare run around talking about I'm complete in him, I'm blessed. I, I mean, my soul struggled with that stuff. All right. And the other thing is, is you're going to have to learn to love people who don't see you in Christ. Because they see all your fault. They see it all. Daryl, you remember when you burned Nancy at the stake? No, I don't. No, I've never burned Nancy at the stake. Well, by God, you did too. We remember that. And I said, that's the old man. Oh, don't give me that scripture stuff. You burned her at the stake. I'm thinking, why do we talk about Nancy burned at the stake every time I come up here? In other words, I'm trying to tell you that there's people remember every bad thing you ever did. That's true. <laughs> you just have to go. Hallelujah. First Corinthians um, one twelve. I think it's one twelve. No, it's not. Two ten. Go to two ten. No, I did that. Three one. Three one. That's where I wanted to go. Brethren, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but carnal, babes. I have fed you with milk. I have not been able to feed you with solid food until now you're not able. You're still carnal. 
there's envy, strife, division among you. Aren't you carnal? You're acting like a mere man. Therein is America. That's the American church. Is there going to be, is there, is, it, what's God doing? Right now, I believe he's getting a hold of, uh, he's getting our attention. I think we're coming into a time where we realize that our jobs are not going to put us over. I mean, our faith and our jobs, and you need a job, you need to work, but our faith is coming back in, in God. People are starting to wake up and go, I don't think I'm going to go to church today. And Sunday morning, I want to get into praying in the Spirit because without praying in the Spirit, you'll never know this and you will never change because he is the one showing you what Mary Fran started on was come up here we've got to start coming out of the world and going and spending time with God because it's in his presence you change it's not just because you read a book no that's Sunday I think that's Sunday that's what I got planned. If I get in here and he changes it. But to the degree we can get you back in fellowship with God. This is relationship. This is fellowship. Where's the, where's the disconnect in, in the American church? They're not fellowshipping the relationship like they should. That's another word of holiness. But the more you're spending time alone with God and letting him clean you up, you come out of his presence very different. You come out full. You come out satisfied. You come out with answers. And to the degree churches will come and worship God. Get in his presence. Don't, don't have a, I'm, I'm, we got to go. You just turn the crock pot on, make sure it's on where it'll turn off so it's not a burnt offering. <laughs> don't come in here with a go home mentality, come in here with a let's go spend time with God mentality. And we saw it the week Sunday before Mary Fran where it one service bled into the next service and the people just took off. Listen to me, fight for that. Contend for it. And um, somebody made the statement, I won't mention who it was. We're going to have to teach people to come through those doors quiet. We'll come in here talking because people might be worshiping God. And, and, and at the end of service, if Lisa gets back up here and we spend some time worshiping, those are not wasted. That's not wasted time. There's lots not going to happen in your life until you fellowship that relationship. And all of that has to do with this guy right here. Put this guy under. I got to go. No, you don't. No, I don't want to pray. Yeah, you do. Well, I don't know how. You're going to learn. <laughs> your body's strong. Do you know how strong your will is? I'm going to say something to you, shock you. Your will is stronger than God. Did you know that? Because he wants you in heaven and you can go to hell. 
that statement. And you need to do something with your will. I will pray. I will put the old man under. I will renew my mind. I will. Once you do that, are y'all, I'm trying to close. Y'all getting this? So anyway, uh, last week we talked about healing, but people come up in line. They want someone to lay hands on them and get healed. It, healing starts here and goes through the soul into the body. And if this drains clogged, <laughs> you're going to need someone else's faith and you're not going to hold on to it very long. And then you're going to be upset because the body of Christ is relying totally on relationship and almost very little on fellowship. And that's where I'm going to need to take this church. Talking about fellowshipping the relationship with God. And that's basically what Mary Friend was talking about. I looked at her in my office. I said, you need to write a book. You know, Harrison House has been calling her. Do you have a book? She said, no. And I said, you do now. Take what you preached here. Write it in a book. Send it to Harrison. I said, the body of Christ needs what you preached. Does this help you? All right, I'm going to give you an assignment. Spend time this week getting your mind on who you are in Christ. And then get your mind on the areas that you need to focus on, like, like, like love is patient. And go, you know what? I'm going to, we're going to put patience on. We're going to put kindness on. We got some things we're going to put on. We're going to take some stuff off and we're going to put some stuff on. And the grace, he says, he gives more grace. The grace in your life will increase as your soul. There's a scripture in, where is it, Lisa? Um, Even as your soul prospers. What is that? Third John 2. That you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Soul prosperity is the key. Y'all ready? I got to stop talking. It's 8.15. You got one minute to beat the youth out. And I'm done. Are y'all ready to go home? You ready? Father God, thank you for the opportunity to take your word and share it tonight. I know there's people online listening and I thank you for them. And, and, and I'm asking as we walk out of here, we, we understand that there is a responsibility on us. We're not waiting on you to fall out of heaven on us. You already fell out. The greater one's inside of us. And we need to take the work you did in us and work out that salvation. Work it to the outside. All of us have work to do. We all, we've, none of us have arrived. We all got things to work on. But I pray, Father God, that you made a statement in Luke 8 that if our heart is right, you treat us according to our heart even though we haven't got the rest worked out. And that's good. You're watching over our heart. I pray that we'd keep our heart right as we're working on the, the maturing and the growth process. And we now understand why you've asked us to grow. Because you, you have more to do in us than we're doing. There's, things you, there's places you want to take us and you can't take us there. We're not ready to go. There's people you want us to meet and you can't put us in their life. We're not ready for it. 
but we want to be ready. We want to be, we want all that you have for us. And so we understand that this process of renewing our mind and growing is beneficial to us, even though we're born again. And now we walk out tonight with, a, with an understanding heart of the process you use to bring blessing into our life. And we thank you for that, sir, in Jesus' name, amen. I didn't mention that until prayer, but a third grader is limited and they don't know it. A seventh grader is limited. There's places your parents want you to get to. I want you to get to the place where God can do more. And that's my goal. I'm, I'm constantly looking at you and I'm pushing you. Yeah, you're there, but you need to be moving a little up right now. Because I want the kids to grow up. Get a car, get a wife, get kids. Good God, get... Let's just start with a wife, Justin. Let's just start with a wife. All right. Jordan, where's he? He, he left before I started prophesying over him. But God has a place he wants to take you. And you're hindering it because of a lack of growth. So get excited about growing. Get excited about growing. Amen. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Y'all get out of here. Have a good night. Thank you for coming. How many nights have you been in church now? I mean, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Band of Brothers. I forgot about that. Goodbye. <laughs>